Welcome to the Human Anthology Podcast. Today's episode is the start of our new series, Tell Us a Story. So what is the Human Anthology? The Human Anthology Podcast is a project that was started by the Human Library team of the Human Book Collection. The purpose of this project is to record an authentic slice in an individual's life through conversation. The Human Anthology podcast aims to explore diverse themes and perspectives by inviting different members of the community to share their stories, thus giving listeners a glimpse into their everyday life. My name is Irene, and I'm the host for today's episode. And today, the Human Anthology will be starting a new series called Tell Us a Story. In this series, we're opening up the floor to guests to submit their stories, written pieces, or artwork to share with the audience. So today, our very first guest is actually my good friend, Josh. Hi. Your name is Josh. My name is, in fact, Josh. That is very cool. Um, Funny seeing you here. We actually met totally outside the context of this podcast or the human book collection. We met through psych class. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Psychology 1X03. Yes. Great course. Um, Joseph Kim. Joe Kim. Yeah. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. yeah, great guy. I had Michelle. True, also Dr. great. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, turns out um, for that course, we had weekly quizzes every Friday and collaboration was encouraged. So you were supposed to find a group of friends to write quizzes yeah. with. And I was taking the course as a second year and yep. it's an intro course. I actually didn't uh-huh. know anyone and I needed people to take the quiz with because yep. I was doing badly. <laughs> um, I didn't really know anything either, but you know, we struggled our way through and now we're here. So Yeah, I don't great. think we like helped each other very much yeah no course. yeah we were both just um, bad at the course that's okay you know like two idiots bumbling around trying to find answers yeah, but, the, to the, but the course content was a good time so yeah it yeah. was actually really interesting yeah. so and now here you are yeah um yeah so should i just get into what i'd like to talk about today what i'm be sharing sure um sure. yeah i just think as i got to know you more right after psych mm. you know we became friends kind of because it was just relatable being bad at psych. Yeah. Um, good bonding time. And you actually have a really interesting life. Really Thank you. Unique childhood and just an interesting dude, to be honest. Uh, I'm flattered. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I guess today you're going to be talking about one particular aspect of your life, if you want to. Yeah. So I think something that's very deeply rooted um, in, in how I grew up and how I lead my life is um, growing up with a uh, mildly autistic older brother, mm. um, so it, it shaped a lot of um, a lot of our family dynamic, but it's also taught me um, how to be humble and you know, mm. how to how to treat people with integrity and dignity. So, do you want to provide a little bit of context for people? Oh yeah, who yeah. May not know you, and what your family's like. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, just some like really hard facts. So. Um, there's a nine-year age gap between my brother and I. So um, how old are you? I'm currently 19, right? right? So dude's like 28, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think 19 that, plus. Yeah, you see, I, this nine? is why I, we didn't do psychology very well. I, I can't even do this is math, basic though. math. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he he was born in China. Um, then he came to the states um, with my parents, and then they came over to Canada, and then I was born and raised in Canada. Mm. Right. So um, I grew up in the suburbs and um 
as a child, I don't think I really understood or had a grasp of what autism was. Mm. So I, you know, I was like, you know, like a four-year-old, five-year-old bumbling around. Ha ha, it's my brother. And like, you know, <laughs> I would, I would bug him as much as I could because I was a very hyper energetic mm. child. Right. I, I had no sense of not my brother it was, you know. You ever uh, think about like nine years old, like nine years age gap is a pretty big age gap. It is. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like most kids, like regardless of like, whether or not they have autism or are just like completely neurotypical, like having a new sibling after you've been an only child for nine years is an interesting transition. Like, do you know if he liked you in the beginning or if he was oh, like, no, what the okay. heck is my, this new child in this family? My brother, I didn't sign up for this. My brother has always very lovingly taken care of me, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was um, a, a pretty terrible younger sibling. Like, I remember taking pretty much every single opportunity up until like the age of five or six to bug him right mm-hmm. like i would go and just start fights with him and just like start like throwing punches at him just to try and get like a, get a reaction just like ow and then he would just go back to doing whatever he was doing <laughs> just like stop and then he would just like continue studying or something Dang. and like uh, i remember like he would have uh, he, he, this man has. he had so much pain. like okay my brother um so we come from like um like a Chinese household, right? Like a pretty yeah. traditional Chinese household. So they threw him on the piano. And this guy's like really, really good at piano. He he completed his his ARCT. Oh, so he wow. was like, you know, he, he was teaching piano for a while. Well, I uh, I'm less musically talented. This guy has like um pretty I think he has perfect pitch. Oh. Or he has like close to like, Man, the relative pitch. Relative I always pitch. really wanted perfect pitch. No, no, I thought it was like, I yeah, really this this guy's it. extremely musically talented, right? So uh-huh. you know, he'd be practicing for his uh, RCM ten or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just like this crazy hard, like like all over on the piano, and like you know, I'm just like I don't want to listen to this. So I'd go over and start whacking the keys on the piano until my yeah, mom you were would so obnoxious. Yeah, no, my 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 mom would have to drag me away and then just like put me in a corner or something. So, so are so, you sure he wasn't like why why did this child just appear after nine no, years no. of peace? Well, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I I don't really know. Um, mm-hmm. I as as far as I I know though, like I've I've asked my mom about this and he's always been extremely loving. Mm-hmm. Like even even though I was a terrible younger sibling, mm-hmm. like he still loved me, right? And so. is there is there a reason why your parents like aimed for that particular nine year age gap, or was that just like something that just happened? I, uh, I'm not really aware of a particular reason. I think it just came out like that. Cause okay. There's a lot of moving in between. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, my older brother Cliff got popped out in China. Right. Right. right? So he's out there and then, okay. My parents are like, all right, uh, it's been, it uh, been a year. All right. Sayonara guys. I'm moving to America. So they fly oh, over to really California. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, they landed in America. Right. Uh-huh. So, um, they we went to, to America, settled in California for a bit. And then my dad's like, all right. Let's uh, let's go back to Canada or no, not go back nice. to. Oh, it was nice then, but like, you know, yeah. yeah. Why move to cold, frosty Canada? I don't know. I, I guess they just thought it was a better opportunity, so they just packed it all up again. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had family in, in California, so they packed it all up and then just shot it yeah. over to Ontario, and now we're here in Toronto. So. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Anyway, uh, back on to my brother, right? So, <laughs> uh, my brother, my brother was pretty young, so he grew up. He and was pretty young. He was, at some well, point. okay, I'm sorry, my bad. Um, he he was still he was like five or six or something like that. So he grew up in the Canadian um, uh-huh. education system, yeah. right? So at that time, uh, there weren't that many um, Asian people in the community, uh, in mm. like in, in the area 
over the there. area in Ontario. Yeah, in an area yeah. in Ontario. So, um, my brother was bullied a lot in elementary school. Like, he would get just physically assaulted. They would break his glasses. And, like, oh my for, for just to describe my brother, he's a, he's always been a little bit bigger, right? He, so, you know, he's been a little bit overweight. And so, like, mm-hmm. the kids, he, he had this, like, a little, like, overweight kid that had, like, round glasses and just, like, the really kept Asian. himself. Yeah, he was, like, really quiet, right? Because right. of, his, his, like, just so, oh, I, I didn't really get into this that much, but, um, his autism isn't to the point where he um, was like placed into a special needs class, mm-hmm. and my parents actively encouraged him to join uh, the regular classes. But it also was to the point where like he wouldn't have exactly the same like cognitive functions as as most people. So um, mm-hmm. he'd be a lot quieter. He would keep to himself. Um, sometimes he would just be talking to himself and wander around and be looking off, like you know, not being mm-hmm. paying att- not paying attention and stuff like that. So because of this, like. He was different, but he was in normal class, right? Um, and I guess my parents' hope was was that, like, he would be able to kind of, with enough encouragement, enough support from the teachers and the community and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, he would kind of pick up on the same things and live a so-called normal life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't really happen. So in elementary mm-hmm. school, he was just pounded on, just like, physically assaulted. Kids are really mean. Yeah, no, they, they, really they beat him up so bad that he transferred elementary schools twice to different schools. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he was all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, after elementary school was all done, like, my parents were like, okay, you know, my mom's like, okay, yeah, he's going to go to high school. You'll, you'll pick up some friends there. Um, so he went into high school, started grade nine, and the first thing he was bullied for was his clothes. Now, um, he was wearing Walmart clothes at that time, right? And my mm-hmm. parents weren't very, like, wealthy when they came. I, my, my dad came over with whatever he had um, available to him, which uh, was, I think, like $30,000 or something like that. So he came over and just uh, my parents were, were working full time. Um, and so they didn't have the funds available for him to go and um, pick up the clothes of the, the current culture and what was in style. Yeah. Right. So like all the whatever was hot back in the day, Abercrombie. Yeah, I think I, I legit think it was like Abercrombie. Like, stuff, stuff like, like that. that, right? So but honestly, like if you think about it though, like buying clothing for kids that are brand name is like such a bad investment because kids grow out that stuff so they fast. They do, they do, right? right? But like my pa- my my mom saw like he, like my brother came home crying one day. I'm like, mom, I'm being bullied because of my clothes. And then it didn't click to her that, you know, there was a cultural component that she needed to examine as well. Like there was mm-hmm having to merge into a new culture was something that my parents didn't really have. Um, they were, they were living through that in order mm-hmm. to be able to pick up that experience and to, to figure things out. So the next thing she did, she took him to the mall, allowed him to choose his clothes. Cause you know, you know, we were a little bit better at that point in time. By the time we hit high school, you know, I was a little wee little kid just running around, still trying to <laughs> slap my brother and stuff like that. Um, what so, an annoying kid. Yeah, I was, I was a really annoying Man's kid. going through some, troubles in life yeah yeah i was yeah i was a pretty terrible bunch of sibling um but you know like my parents were just very dedicated to making sure mm-hmm. that you know he felt if even if like he was bullied like he still had some like dignity right and mm-hmm. so he, he still felt comfortable being himself right you know um, mm-hmm. So he was able to go out and I think the bullying in that part subsided on and clothing, but then they would just find something else to pick on him for, right? So uh, I remember one day, um, I was off at elementary school, right? And my mom would come pick me up. Oh, like second grade Right, yeah, I was, wait, I think I legit, yeah, something like that. Like first first grade, second grade. Mm-hmm. 
and you know my mom comes to pick me up from elementary school i'm just you know finished learning my how to add and stuff <laughs> i come i come back and you know my mom kind of was just telling me uh, just as simply as she could that she had to go and bust into my brother's classroom one day because um the, her his so, supposed friends had stolen all of his stuff and wasn't giving it back so they, wow. they put it in like some some locker or something or they hid it away and they straight up would not give it back to him for whatever reason how did she find out about that i think she like my brother might have called called her mm-hmm. and then she just came in and she she walked into that classroom and was just straight up whoever has stolen his stuff you will give it back right now or i will call the police And that stuff appeared so fast. Just, you know, like, there was so much dedication. And keep in mind, my Mm -hmm. mom at that point in time was working um, uh, as as a maid. So she would Mm -hmm. go and, like, clean people's houses. Mm -hmm. She went out, you know, took the time out of her job just to run over and make sure her son had that stuff. Yeah. So there was a lot of motherly love there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, that's a pretty tough thing to do. But also, like, what were the teachers doing or, like, did they know about what was going on? I'm from every single time that my brother has been bullied, my mm-hmm. parents have told me that they just don't care. Like, they've gone and talked with, like, principals and teachers and stuff uh-huh. like that. And they're just like, well, uh, it's not my, my not my issue, right? You know, right. it happened. Sorry, man. I'm like, mad. Like, go That next. is really crappy. Like, I don't know. That's, like, such a disappointing thing to hear about, like, the, like, our education system literally yeah yeah it was i think things have gotten a little bit better over time mm-hmm. um i hear a lot less about these bully- i'm sure they still happen and my heart goes out to the, like people that are bullied but like at, at least i hear physical assault is a lot less just straight up like you know, people are moving up. to like cyberbullying well yeah because the, the social which isn't a good either right but you know it's, it's like just, more just, convenient it's just different times yeah um then, yeah so she bust in the yep. kids returned everything. Yeah, and, and uh, I guess somehow in one way or another, uh, my brother gradually just became friends with the people that were bullying him. Oh, like I don't even I legit, like yeah like my brother is still friends with them to this day. Like oh, wow. like it's been his core group of friends. Now, um, to say that they're they're great friends I, is kind of out there because mm. um, I think that sometimes my brother is used by mm. them. Um, so like for, uh, just for example, um, he, he would often be like a designated driver or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. like, you know, like they'd call, call him up like, Hey Cliff, can you come over? Like we need you to come drive us and whatever. Mm-hmm. And my brother like being loyal as hell. Right. He's like, yeah, I'm going out. And he would just be like, Hey mom, Hey dad, I'm, I'm taking the car. I got to go drive my friends. And they're just like, what? <laughs> or like another time, um, I think they were trying to book like a grad trip after high school mm-hmm. and, um, I think they were trying to buy tickets and for whatever reason i don't think his friends were willing to pay or they didn't want to pay the full price so my brother went over to our coin boxes pulled them all out dumped them onto the floor and started counting them all out just to try and get the money available what just the for, heck yeah just for basically and he was going to be paying for the tickets too so he was taking the own his like our own money out just to be able to pay for his friends because like you know he didn't really have a job oh, at that point man. so like he got did dirty a couple times by them. Yeah. That's kind of tough. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty painful sometimes just seeing other people um, take advantage of um, just how loving my brother is and just mm. how dedicated he is to the people 
around him. Mm-hmm. Um, very stuck in his way, but he's very um, defensive of the people he loves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it shows from the way he like tolerated you as a kid. Oh yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Whacking him in the shins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think over time though, like um, as I got a little bit older, I think it was around nine or ten was when I started realizing that there was something a little bit different with my brother. Um, and it didn't really. What was it that like made you feel like something was different? Because like you know when you're a kid, right? Like right. you just you see your family and like the world around you, and you mm-hmm. just assume like it's this way for everyone. Like I'm sure there's a psych term for it, but like <laughs> obviously, yeah, I just don't, I don't remember it. Back. Yeah, psych one, exo three. I knew it at some point, right? Like as you go through like stages of development, obviously, like, right. you, you gain that like cognition, that awareness that like different people have different experiences. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you know, my family's not the same as your family. Your family's not the same as like Timmy's family down the street. <laughs> so right, I think uh, I first began to pick up on it when I was a little bit younger. Um, when like I would be playing with neighborhood kids, right, mm-hmm. and they would have like older siblings as well, mm-hmm. um, and they just seemed to have like a, a firm grasp of what they wanted to do, right? If they were like, okay, I'm I'm probably going to do this, I could go and follow their logical process. Okay, I want to go play Xbox, so I'm going to go over and invite people up, and I'm going to bring them over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they they proceed to go and you know walk around the houses or not walk around the house, like they go knock people up. Knock, mm-hmm. Not knock people up. Uh, they, they go knock and on not knock on door, people's doors, right? Invite them invite over. Invite them over. Play My the ba- Xbox. Yes, play the Xbox. Okay. My bad. Um, but Okay, sorry. But, but, you know, if my brother, like, if he had that thought process, for example, he'd be like, hey, I kind of want to play some Xbox, which he doesn't. He's, he's very much into cars. But, you know, for example, mm-hmm. if he wanted to play Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go invite some people. And then... He will then proceed to sit on his floor and then just kind of like doze off or whatever and then wander around. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then my mom will come knocking on his door. Hey, did you uh, want to go invite people over? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he'll go out and walk around for like 30 minutes. And then, you know, he'll he'll think about it to himself. And then he'll eventually ask some people over. And then, you know, then, then things will come. Maybe he's just taking his sweet time. He, ah, uh, well... Sometimes it, it does seem like he, he is, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, and, and there's like a, almost like a, a bit of like a, a gap there in, in the thought processes, his priorities. Mm, um, so that's like you realize that when you were a kid? like Yeah, I think, I think like I didn't really piece it together to that extent. But um, there, were, there were some pit, were bits like, of pieces. You were like, huh. Of, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then like, you know, I, I think when you were a kid, you begin, you begin to socialize more, right? You, yeah. you begin to pick up on what's... Uh, socially appropriate mm-hmm. uh, particularly when you start hitting like pre-puberty mm-hmm. right you're like oh I, I gotta look to you uh, you know i gotta look good can you like... have like a buzz cut for like all of your childhood? well okay well <laughs> yes but you don't have to hit me like that like well like i'm but yeah um you know you pick up on these things as a child right and then um you figure out what's kind of um like a social norm right mm-hmm. And then I would I would look at my brother. Some I would come back home after a day of school, like when I was in grade five or so, mm-hmm. and be like, "Why doesn't my brother do that?" And like I kind of have to think about that and process and be like, "Oh, okay, it's because he's like he's like different, right?" And then eventually I just had like open conversations with my parents about it, mm-hmm. and they would just straight did up they, tell me. Did they have yeah. one of those like, "Son, sit down. We need to talk to you about something." <laughs> or was Kinda. it just like, "Well, oh, he knows." <laughs> I think no. Well, I I asked. I think I sh- I asked my parents one day, and they were just like they they. They kind of like lowered their voices a little bit. Um, not that like my brother doesn't know that mm-hmm. he's autistic, but um, 
I don't think it's like a very openly discussed conversation. They don't, mm. um, they're not like, oh, you're autistic. And, you know, like, hey, he's autistic, everyone. Yeah, yeah, no, I still think that they, they encourage my brother as much as they can to, you know, try to live like, a, I want to say like a, a normal life, in quotation marks, um, or what they believe to be like socially normal. Mm. Um, so yeah, I had a conversation with my friends. I just sat down. They're just like, yeah. Um, so your brother does have a little bit of autism. We got him tested when he was younger, mm. uh, and it, it, he's just on the spectrum. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, does he know? He's like, yeah, he knows. And you uh, knew what autism was at that point. Um, I knew a little bit about it, and and so I I proceeded to go and do like a little bit more research about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that that makes sense. Um, and that explains a lot of the reasoning behind like oh like why he likes cars so much and like why his, his thought process is like this he does like cars a lot he does like cars a lot um, he knows a lot about cars yeah no like sometimes we'll just be driving right and he's really he's a really really good driver like he would i agree he would play like a like a lot of driving simulators when he was younger mm. um and uh he would, he would like get like Man, i was the worst at those kind of games yeah no i was pretty terrible too <laughs> But like we would we also like nowadays like if I'm just driving on a, on the road and I don't know what a car is and like hey Quiff like yeah, what 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 is that car over there it looks kind of like exotic you'd be like oh yeah that's like a blah 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 Porsche you know that's a rare model it has like a modified exhaust but I'm like okay okay so like how much would that be and he'd be able to like name off like whatever the price is wow. uh, like all that knowledge but yeah. honestly though like if he made something out you probably wouldn't know not that he would but yeah I I don't possess that knowledge. Quite honestly, like, true? yeah, you're just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, I guess in his adult life nowadays, like how it just impacts like our family dynamic and stuff. So my brother graduated from UFT with a, a comp sci degree, and there was mm-hmm. some worry there from my parents about if he was going to be able to, to get through because UFT comp sci is pretty like notoriously difficult for trying to like weed people out. It it's does a, sound it's, pretty it's, hard. It's a it's a difficult hard. program, mm-hmm. um, and they were very very. Um, glad does he enjoy coding um i think so i think like yeah. he, he would much prefer it over to something like a field like i don't know like english <laughs> I, I think english was actually his one of his first um subjects in in school just because english some... is a very subjective like subject yeah to yeah teach and to grade and to but like in in, th- in stuff like um like form and like grammar and stuff like that, he mm-hmm. had difficulty like picking up on like the the structures behind that as mm-hmm. well. And like he had difficulty, um, utilizing those conventions to to structure something powerful. Mm. That makes sense. Um, so I guess he found like comfort in just like the stability and the logic behind coding, right? Yeah, like, you know, coding is very like logical. Yeah, yeah, and he he was able to pick that up like, mm-hmm. um there was just some difficulty in him actually beginning to pick up how to learn these things right so in the in the field of computer science like you um constantly have to be from at least from my knowledge like i'm not in the field but like from what i've heard like you constantly have to be learning new languages or updating your your knowledge and just being able to be Mm. proactive in your learning Mm. um just be able to pick things up fill in roles um and my brother is very much not that um so I mean, he, he learns about cars. Like, how, how did he do that? Like, it was just something... That it was just such in. a deep-rooted interest to him that he wanted to be involved in, like, a lot of the components behind that. So he like, did his own, like, reading and his own... Oh, yeah, research. absolutely. Absolutely. He would immerse himself in that kind of stuff. So right? he definitely has the capacity for it. He does, but it's not like a deep lover. Like, he can pick up on it, and, like, he has the, the intellect for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he definitely has the cognitive ability to go and pick up the new topics, but, like his thought process and 
um, I guess the prioritization behind that just isn't there for him to go and do it. Mm. So, um, you know, like my, my dad would be encouraging him, like, Cliff, you need to go and learn a new language um, in order to apply this job because it's going to be in need in a couple of years mm-hmm. and it's being picked up by a lot of developmental companies, right? Mm. And my brother's like, okay. And then my brother will go to him and be like, okay, give me three months and I will learn the language. And then he will sit and do nothing for those three months because it, instead of doing that, he's just like, oh, I'm stuck on this this issue and I don't know how to get past it. And instead of like, you know, Googling for the answer or figuring out just how to approach it, he will just sit there thinking to himself mm. for like straight, I'm, I'm literally like two hours on end, just sitting there staring at a wall. Mm. And and sometimes like we're, we're unsure of how he does it right? because that's just how his mind functions. Mm. So. Yeah, uh, it makes things difficult sometimes, um, given that um, he has that difficulty finding work to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. You'll just run into a problem and then just stop. And so after graduating, U of T, like, you know, made it through, what, a- what after that? What next? Well, he, I think he started looking for work, mm-hmm. right? And he found it difficult. Uh, because of his lack of like communication skills, so like my my parents took it upon themselves to try and get him to um, be able to do interviews, you know, mm-hmm. to, just to be able to talk with people in a manner that wasn't um, extremely awkward. Because a lot of the times, like mm-hmm. um, he would have the knowledge to be able to to get through an interview, um, like technical and and whatnot, but he just wasn't able to execute. He would stutter a lot on his words. He would stumble, um, mm-hmm. and then he would just be I guess in a sense like so awkward that people would lose confidence in his ability Mm. yeah I feel like sometimes though like interviews are such a terrible way of like gauging Mm. a person's capabilities or merits for a position yeah but that's just the only way like our society knows how to you know go about it and it does seem like it's structured to like be against people who are not neurotypical. Yeah, society just uh, isn't very built for, um, I guess, neurodivergent. neurodivergent people. I know there are some like companies that um, actively seek out neurodivergent, neurodivergent people um, and train them, which I greatly appreciate. Um, but um, for a lot of, um, I guess, the, the jobs that um, my parents saw as traditionally stable or like just for my brother to be able to put his computer science degree to work, mm-hmm. um, he would need to go and find a computer science job, um, which yeah. doesn't typically cater towards neurodivergent that people. So um, to that, my parents wanted to be able to train him and just provide the best opportunity um, to be able to compete within these markets, mm-hmm. which is really tough. Yeah. So. I just thought of a really stupid analogy. It's just like how the majority of the world is right-handed and so, yep. in order for lefties to survive in this tough they world, gotta they gotta accommodate and learn how to use right-handed scissors. Yeah. Or like right-handed mouse, mice. Mice. Yeah, yeah, things like that. But obviously, I mean, this is not as like trivial as a pair of scissors, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty fair. So yeah, there was um, a lot of interview, a lot of interviews for my brother. Yeah. yeah. Interview process afterwards, then what? Just lots of interviews. It was pretty much just like my dad trying to get him to apply to as many jobs as he could in the mm-hmm. computer science field uh, for two years straight. 
um, mm. and it was a really really rough time for our family because there was a like a lot of stress going uh, because um, with my brother being the eldest um, there comes a time where like the, the responsibilities of my dad kind of get passed along to my older brother mm. right um, but because he um, has autism he wasn't able to get this job and you know or he he has a job now but he there was a lot of stress because he wasn't able to get the job um mm-hmm. during that two-year period um so he wasn't able to add the stability that would normally be expected at that age point or within his his life mm-hmm. um and so um there was also like by extension pressure on me to do extremely well within whatever i was doing in school or uh, within my extracurriculars as well um as a child, right, or I don't want to say as a child, as a teenager at that point, like, you know, just mm-hmm. fresh out of puberty, right? And now I, I'm coming to the realization that my brother is unable to hold a job. He's unable to get a job. Um, or so it seemed. Or so it time. seemed at that time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that, like, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on me to take on that um, older brother role. Mm-hmm. So when my parents are unable to um, take care of the family anymore, mm-hmm. you know, when they're in the retiring age and they're not expected to, you know, just here's dinner, here's your place to live, that kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like sit back and relax a little bit yeah, more yeah, after right, like, grinding for so many years. Yeah, yeah, There's the, the responsibility then comes on to me to take care of my brother and take care of my parents at that time. And yourself. And, and of myself and like and. Put my like, potential, like my future family, hmm. right? So but That's interesting, you know, because when I met you, I always felt like you gave a like older sibling vibe. You know how like different like birth order gives people like different yeah, personalities yeah. Mm-hmm. in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm the youngest, and I definitely give younger sibling vibes because I'm really annoying and, like, don't know how to do things in real life. <laughs> but, like, when I when I met you, I thought you gave, like, very older sibling vibes because mm. you seemed to have a lot of, like, confidence, independence, and, like, you know, responsibility. I think part of that was just because I, I realized that I would... I, I came to accept that responsibility, that I, I do need to take care of my brother. As much as he is older than me, um, and he is working now, and he still takes care of me like a younger brother, like mm-hmm. you know, Cliff, can I have some some spare cash? I want to go and grab Buy some, some food. Bitcoin I want to. <laughs> Cliff, let's go and get some fried chicken. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, here, let's uh, let's let's go. And so he'll just mm-hmm. drive out. So we went to like, you know, like a half hour out just to go and try some fried chicken. That was mm-hmm. a great place. Yeah. I mean, was it good chicken? It was some pretty good chicken good yeah yeah i'm glad um but i guess that's like you know the the sense of responsibility that is added on to you is one of those things that you know is just the result of having a brother with autism and yeah how do you like do you feel like there are any other places where having this sort of family dynamic impacted you and you know is your childhood, for example, different in certain ways than like the childhood of people with like completely neurotypical families and like you know? Yeah, I the... that's a that's a fair question. I think it helps me to develop a strong set of uh, values and, and patience and humility because I would look to my parents and I would see how much effort they would go to and like the, the lengths they would go to um, just to ensure that my brother. Um, was going to be able to live comfortably by himself mm-hmm. in the future and to, to be able to be independent. I think 
at the end of the day, that's what they hope for him to be, like to become, mm-hmm. um, to be able to, to live by himself, um, to sustain himself and just to be able to live happily and, and mm-hmm. safely. Right. Um, and I, the, just the, the amount of effort, the amount of sacrifice that my parents would, would go to um, just to be able to show my brother that he was loved, even mm-hmm. when the world went against him was, was really inspiring. And um, having that model to me was something that I don't, you can't get in a neurotypical family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, one other thing that I think you have that I guess a lot of people don't have or like are not as good as mm-hmm. is like emotional intelligence and the ability to like read people and mm. like to spot things that you know people usually gloss over like you know the mood in the room like how people are feeling mm-hmm. and oh is that person like being weird or is that person like actually you know just not neurotypical or like is is something happening here or you know and <laughs> I- I like think, that kind of thing you know you know that i get, I get what you mean like, i get what oh, you mean people, i think it's yeah. just common sense but it's not common like some people don't know how to read the room or like don't have the emotional intelligence to like assess certain situations things like that i think part of that also comes from like my family dynamic um because my parents and like my family as a whole is very are very like openly emotional so if mm-hmm. they're upset about something they will express it mm-hmm. or um even like in healthy or unhealthy manners um so you could you could see like how the our, like our actions within the family would impact each other right mm-hmm. and we wouldn't really hold back so we moved as a family and we, we would love each other as a family as a whole right we certainly weren't perfect at some points or another um and you know we we didn't always do everything correctly but we always prioritized each other and we mm-hmm. would put each other first um and so uh when we had an environment like that i think it was just a lot of being able to pick up on what my family needed, and then that mm. was the result. Of, the result of that is that I was able to pick up on situations outside of my family. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I just feel like you're really good at reading people. Maybe that's like <laughs> like separate from the situation, and like you're actually just really good at reading people because sometimes <laughs> Maybe, I, don't I know. feel like you notice that I'm pissed before I know that I'm pissed, and then you're like you're you're pissed, and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Oh, I am, I guess. I just spat out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I was able to pick up on my brother's body language too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if he was upset, he wouldn't express it as much as, you know, make, maybe my dad or something. So it would, mm-hmm. I would go and check up on him. Or, you know, he would do the same for me too. Like, if I didn't really um, sit, tell anyone that I was feeling upset, my brother would, would come down and he would quietly knock on my door. Hey Josh, you want to you want to grab some fried chicken? Always the fried <laughs> well, we bonded over food, so you know, he it was just mm-hmm. small acts of love, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I really came to appreciate it, and so I tried to model that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know if like you had this experience prior to university, but like after we entered university, like we ended up meeting some friends who also have siblings on the spectrum. Right. Like, were there any experiences that you were like talking with our friends with, and you're like, oh, you experienced that too, or? Is- that's that's kind of interesting that like as another person with a sibling who has autism like that's a shared experience that we have yeah no i i i really appreciated that conversation um because i think at some point or another like um 
I just came to kind of think like, oh, maybe this is just how I feel, right? This is mm-hmm. just my experiences. And maybe it's just me out there that has a neurotypical sibling. And these are just things that I pick up on. Oh, sorry, non-neurotypical siblings, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then uh, coming across other people um, that also have siblings um, that are non-neurotypical or, or on the spectrum. Um, being able to share some of those experiences of, you know, oh, my older brother or older sibling, you know, just goes around and wanders around all the time. Like, oh, you like that happens to you, too. And, then, like, you know, they they also seem to share a lot of the same values mm-hmm. uh, as myself. And they, they prioritize a lot of the same things, too, which mm-hmm. I, I appreciate. I hear so. the like, oh, I feel like I need to take care of my sibling a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, almost a defensive aspect to that, too, because. Mm-hmm you you grow up hearing these stories of you know your sibling someone your family mm-hmm. being bullied all the time and there is a or need taken advantage of yeah, being taken advantage of right and you have a sense of responsibility to go and um beyond just being family just to, to protect and, mm-hmm. and to ensure these things don't happen again to uh, people on the spectrum mm-hmm. yeah. so for anyone who's listening out there What's one thing that you want them to take away from your experiences and your story? Uh, I think for one that um, living with a non-neurotypical person in your family um, is challenging, right? Mm. Um, There's a lot of uh, different challenges that I think a lot of people won't always expect. And it's very difficult to understand unless you experience it mm-hmm. um but um i think i just want to remind everyone that um they're still equally valued they should still be loved mm-hmm. um regardless of where they are on the spectrum that they still have value and that they deserve to be treated mm-hmm. like humans and with dignity and respect um, because they have so much potential and they provide so much value to this world mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a last question, I guess, if you could, knowing what you know now, go back and tell younger Josh. Can I smack him too? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Like, go back and tell younger Josh one or two things. What would you want younger Josh to know? Am I able to give him advice? Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah, it would be to be more patient with Mm. um, my brother. And to love him more and to spend more time with him. I don't think I do it enough sometimes. I think mm-hmm. like I get caught up with whatever my own interests are. Um, but he seems to be more interested um, in whatever I'm doing as a child than I am in him. <laughs> right? So um, there is so much effort that he put in. And um, I think my advice to my younger self would just be to spend more time with him. And look mm-hmm. out for him as much as you can. I think yeah. that's a good answer. Thank you. And... Yeah, if you ever build a time machine, time to do that and give yeah. little Josh a whack. No, absolutely. <laughs> Big smack on the head, because that's what I would do to my brother. No, I can't make yourself even dumber, man. No, yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Um, to everyone who is listening, thank you for tuning in to today's episode and for joining us in our conversation. Um, me and Josh talking about childhood, about siblings, and all of that fun stuff. Um, yeah, we appreciate having you here and we will see you in the next episode. Um, in the meantime, 
feel free to follow us on Instagram at The Human Book Collection or on Facebook also as The Human Book Collection. And we will be back in two weeks. Have an awesome January. Thank you.